0: The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. The uh, a tale of two halves, Elliot Short Parks. I was not happy for the first half, as I think a lot of Eagles fans were not, and then all of a sudden the second half, it just it all worked out magically. And the Eagles win the game, and now we're sitting in a playoff spot and uh looking pretty. It was a it was really one of those uh I think all Eagles fans' fears were on display in the first half, and then Handle business in the second. How you doing, pal?
1: I mean, I'm just sitting here, and I'm thinking, like, where do I want to go for the playoffs, right? I mean, a trip to Tampa Bay (laughs) would would certainly be nice. The weather would be good. A rematch in Dallas would be somewhat like a movie. So, you know, there's just a lot of potential outcomes. But, yeah, I mean, to to your point, like, I, I almost, even though I believe it, I still can't believe that with two weeks ago the Eagles are actually sitting in a playoff spot. Like, as bad as things looked at two and five, um and you know you mentioned the game itself yesterday certainly a roller coaster but yeah it's just it, you know i see it on nfl.com like i see it on 538 but it still is kind of crazy to think they are going to be playoff They're, they're going to be play, playing playoff football like i don't know exactly how they'll get there they could finish as high as the 5th seed somehow they could obviously be the 7th seed which is what they are now but yeah it's uh, it's crazy to think it's actually happening.
0: Yeah, well, for the first time all season forgetting what you think, forgetting what I think, forgetting what Eagles fans think, for the first time all season they are favored to make the playoffs. You know and like they're literally the, a playoff They team are right a now. playoff team right now and and can handle their business and and have tiebreakers in their favor and all this type of stuff. So, you know other than than head-to-head against San Fran, but if it's the three of them, if New Orleans, San Fran and the Eagles all tie, then the Eagles and San and New Orleans get in like there's a lot of scenarios that work out really well for the Eagles, and I'm with you, man. It's look again. This has been a season where you know we talked so much coming into this season about the you know insanity of a, of an off season that we went through from you know the Doug firing to the Carson thing to the Sirianni hiring to this that all the disasters, all the leaks, and then for the season to start the way it did with the win and then just downhill and to the point where people. Openly calling for Nick Sirianni to be a one-and-done head coach, the Jalen Hurts debates all this back and forth. And and look, I, I you know I get it. Like the Eagles have not beaten a good team this year. I mean, their best win is New Orleans or Denver or whatever, and they handle business in those games. But like it, you could definitely look at the Eagles. We're not sitting here saying whoa Super Bowl or whatever. But like the fact that they're eight and seven after where they were earlier this season, I don't know what it means for the future, but for this season in particular, you have to give them credit. Like you have to say, you know, this was the season that felt like it was going off the rails and it didn't. And now they're sitting here with two games left in the season with a real legitimate chance to make the playoffs. It's crazy. It really is crazy.
1: So I'm typing my article during the game yesterday that I post at when the clock hit zero. Right. So I'm like, During the game, I'm typing how I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, like those type of things. And obviously, I'm sure we'll get into the first half after this. But like the first half was ugly, right? So a lot of what I was writing was critical of the team, like Hertz didn't play well, Sirianni didn't have him ready, those type of things. And then I'm sitting there in the fourth quarter, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. I'm like, they're up 24 points. (laughs) Like, so so I think that to your point about uh, the schedule and who they play, like. That is part of it, like, for sure. It's context to where they're at when you discuss the the intricacies of how good they are and those type of things. But it's also important to note they are demolishing these teams. Like, it might not always be pretty to watch, but if you look at their last, like, five or six games, five of them were won comfortably. Like, even though early on it might have been close, like, you figure the Saints, they demolished them early on. Washington, ugly late last week. I'm sorry, ugly early. They ended up winning big. The Giants, obviously, that's what happened. Like, so, even though watching it is not always pretty, I do wonder of how much of that is just there's still a large portion of the fan base. Uh, I would say you, obviously, because coming into the season, you you didn't think they would you you were more skeptical, I would say. And even with me, someone who I think when I watch a team, I'm always waiting for something to go wrong. Like, I do wonder if maybe we need to shift our focus in terms of just saying like they're a team that knows how to win games, even if they're bad opponents, even whatever. like, they're winning these games comfortably, even though it's early it's hard to watch early on. I just wonder if there's a fear factor with everybody of like the second they play bad, it's like, oh my God, like this is exactly what we thought was gonna happen. But they have rebounded from it, you know, every single time.
0: Yeah, I think part of I think that's definitely part of it. But I think it's also that, you know, I do think that who they've played matters in terms of like the the projections for this team, right? I think there's a lot of Eagles fans. And look, I think that you know, with their ability to run the football, and we'll get to the Miles Sanders injury, and there's some you know concerns and all that moving forward. But with their ability to run the football, I think they're a dangerous opponent in any situation. But yeah. I think there's a lot of Eagles fans, and and rightly so, who say, look, they haven't beaten anybody. Whenever they played a good team, they've lost, and the playoffs is full of good teams. So, like, what are we doing here, right? Like, I get that that line of thinking. I I understand it. I understand where people are coming from. Ultimately, like, as I've said many times on this pod over, especially recent years, the older I get, like, I just want to enjoy football. You know, I just want to have fun. I don't really, you know, want to. You know, uh, be have consternation about, you know, just how good they are, this or that. Like, I want them to win football games and, and I want them to make the playoffs because I want to see playoff football and I want it to matter. And, and every season I want there to be something that matters when it can, you know? So, so I like, I, I'm not looking at it that way, but I do understand that perspective of saying, you know, yeah, they're beating up bad teams, but. Does it really matter? I think that last game of the season, especially if Dallas has to play for something, even if it's just for seeding, which it looks like it theoretically could be, is such a fascinating game for that reason, especially after watching Dallas put up, what, like 56 last night or whatever it was against Washington. Like, you know, I think you look at it and say, all right, like... Assuming Dallas has to play for that game, that's a real test type of football game where if they can win that and go into the playoffs on on this real roll and have that win against a, a really good football team that was trying going in, I think that could change perspectives heading into the playoffs for a lot of people. But I think for right now, it's just, you know, a, a fun ride for some and others. I think it's fool's goal. You know what I'm saying? So
1: the Cowboys game to me, I don't know why I think about it this like this way. But it almost is setting up like a Disney movie in the way that, like, you look at week three and Jalen Hurts is a terrible game. Sirianni's not running the ball at all. Gannon's defense is an embarrassment, right? And it's like they're playing their rival and they get embarrassed on national TV. And then you look at what could be not only in the last game of the season, but potentially in the playoffs. Like, there is a scenario where the Eagles go to Dallas for the playoff game. And maybe, like, the Cowboys throw the Week 18 game so they get Dallas. But it feels like they're setting up to play the opponent where everything went wrong. Like, the main criticism of each of the three key figures, Hurts, Sirianni, and Gannon, were on display against that specific team, against that rival. And for it to set up for the season to end where they need to beat that team, like the defense will have to beat a good quarterback, obviously a high-powered offense. The running game, Sirianni's going to have to run it more if they're going to want to win that game. Hertz is going to have to play way better. Like, it really sets up, like, the stage for that game, it's going to, to me, it, it, like, feels like a movie. Like, it feels like the final scene of a movie of, like, a- everything that they've worked for leading up to that moment. So – I agree that's a real, like, litmus test type game. But what I would say, too, that they haven't beaten anybody good and they've lost to the good teams they've played. Like, factually, that is true. But I also think, just like their record needs some context of their opponent, I also think, like, when they played, these teams mattered. And I also think that when you look at the good teams they've lost to, like the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys— Those are arguably three of the five best teams in the NFL. Like, the Chiefs are the best team. The Buccaneers, because they have Tom Brady and they have a good record, like, they're up there. I think they're beatable. And then we saw what the Cowboys did last night, and they're the number two seed in the NFC. So I think that I'm just interested to see them against a good team because I don't think you'll see the same result you saw early in the year where really they weren't competitive. Like, they never had a chance to beat any of those three teams. I guess the Chiefs maybe somewhat, but ultimately they were not going to win those games. So I, I think that they could go up against a Cowboys team in Week 18 or, or go to Tampa Bay in the playoffs, and they might not win, but I do think they'll be far more competitive, and they're more ready to be competitive. Like, they're a better team now than they were earlier in the year. So I, I think that plays into they haven't beaten anybody is they got really hard opponents really on in the early in the year.
0: I, look, I think that's a really fair point. I do. Uh, and I think it's an interesting way to spin this, you know, finally facing a good team again at the end of the season in the playoffs potentially type of thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. You are right that, you know, they are a different team. They weren't running the football when they played those teams. They have a different identity, all that type of stuff. So it is interesting. And look, we look, Dallas is more talented than the Eagles. You could see that yeah, without it jumps question. off the screen, especially on the defensive side of the football. I mean, the speed, the the athleticism on that side of the football is is pretty. Pretty alarming as a as an opponent, but I, I do think you make a really good point about when they've played teams and all that. And I I, I can't wait. Let let's dive into the Giants game, and then we'll get back into more of the. It's early yeah, in the morning, I have something but drink that I want to give you credit Ooh, for. So, I, you yeah. know, I love that. I know. I actually love. have yeah. something else too, non Eagles related, to give you credit for. Oh, How about bloody. that? The end of this plot.
1: The end of this <laughs> pod. I mean, you, you might as well just skip ahead at this
0: point. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, let's get into yesterday. First and foremost, it was awesome to see Nick on the sidelines. You know, that was a question mark going in. Happy yeah. that. To- He's healthy and was able to get back on the sidelines. That was huge. A little frustrating early on. I think every Eagles fan is having flashbacks of game one against the Giants saying, why aren't we running the football? You know, it was what, like uh, five of the first six plays or passing plays. The offense isn't moving at all. Then eventually they find their groove, certainly in the second half. some, Some miscues in the first half. Hurts didn't play well in the first half very badly actually but then in the second half they get it together overall what was your take on it? and we'll go through the big guys obviously and then some of the more specific stuff mm. like lane johnson scoring a touchdown um but what were your thoughts on nick yesterday do you oh real quick real quick before that quickly just a something to throw out there i didn't see a ton of people talk about it, but certainly possible if the the tale of two halves yesterday certainly possible i'm not going to give him the excuse but like the four days rest thing like that could have Played a role in the first half and a sluggish start and all that type of stuff, and then figured out in the second half. Just want to throw that out there, but yeah, well, I do think
1: like so. If we're gonna say and we both agree that it was unfair the situation the NFL put the Eagles in, then we also, I guess, then factually like have to say that yeah. was a reason. That's right? why. Like, that's
0: why I said it. I I yeah. do think it played a role. Like they looked sluggish. Like I mean, it was like a joke on the broadcast, but there were like seven drops in the first half. I mean, I get it, drops happen, but it, it seemed like there were, it was a lot of. You know, everyone looked kind of slow. Everyone kind of looked sluggish. Like, I think, again, I'm not here to give excuses, but I think you can look at that and say, ah, oh, you know, maybe it's that, or at least part so, of it.
1: This is kind of a spin off You're saying cliches are cliches for a reason. Like, it's an excuse for a reason. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, I don't think we're, like, sitting here and just, like, making up all these reasons they didn't play well. Like, I do think on on Tuesday night, it was fair to say they came out slow against Washington because they hadn't played in 17 days. And I think against the Giants, it's fair to say part of it is that they had just played like four days ago. I think Glenn, Glenn Macnow said this, that it had been like a hundred hours since they last played or, or something like that. Right? Like it was, they, they, there was not a long uh, time off, but here's where I think we're going to disagree about the Sirianni thing. And I think it's kind of our disagreement from the last giants game too. Like, I understand they should be a running first team. Like that's their strength. It it makes Jalen Hurts a better quarterback cuz it makes his life easier in the passing game. He brings a lot to the running game. Their offensive line is dominant. Like all those things. I I get that. But like I just as much as I've transformed to a run the ball guy this year and I'm proud of myself for doing that. And I frankly think I deserve credit, right? Like I I have transformed from like the analytical throw the ball guy I still, I still can't rip a head coach for calling passing plays. Like play, like there, there were passes dropped. There were plays there to be made. Like the the coaching itself was good. Like he saw something against the Giants that he thought that his offense could exploit in the passing game, and he was correct. Like there were plays to be made. The execution was just poor, and this is not like. Week two, week three. This isn't, you know, the game against the Raiders in week seven. Like, it's week 16. They are literally a playoff team if the playoffs ended today. They should be counted on and they should be expected to be able to pass the ball, even if it's not the strength of the team, even if it's not – you know what? How they're going to win if they get to the playoffs? You've got to be able to complete some of these passes. Like Dallas Goddard, drop pass. He he's too good to be dropping that pass. Like Jalen Rager, not that good, but he dropped a pass. Right? Miles Sanders dropped a pass. Hertz was making bad reads. So from a coaching perspective, I think the coaching was good. It was just the execution from the players was was bad early
0: on. Look, the execution was bad. I I won't argue with that. I mean, from the jump. I mean, fumble on the opening kickoff. Shout yeah, out to JJ that, for being yeah. in the right spot. Uh, ugly-looking interception that ended up not being an interception, but that could have gone the other way on that first drive from, from Hertz, which was a, a bad decision and a poor throw there. Uh, Rager on the punt return. I mean, it was just one one thing after another. Uh, and, and, and like we said, the, the many drops. So I, I do get that. But at the same time, like, your, your team has an identity. It's who you are. Just go out and do it, especially against a bad defense. Like, I understand your point, but – I'm still not going to get. And look, ultimately they won 34 to 10. So I'm not here to crush Nick Sirianni. But I think after the first time he played the Giants and that happened, like it's something to be aware of. That when you start slow like that, like get into the run. And they they, he had five of the first six plays where it passed. The run was an 11 yard run. Like what are we doing? Like run the football. So I, I get your point, but I still think that because of the history of this season and the fact that we have evidence of you know, obviously six or seven games or whatever to get to, to where they need to be as a running the ball team, even though the entire fan base was yelling it from the from the rooftops. But on top of that, that we saw it again with you, the 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 one hiccup you've had since October, like a game you're supposed to win that you didn't, that you, you played your worst game of the season in, was against the Giants. It was the exact same freaking thing. It was the exact same poor decision to wait too long to run the ball, which Probably cost you one of the many things that cost you that game, but plays a role in costing you that football game. Like it just, I, 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 it makes me nervous. Like I don't love that he didn't come out just, just doing what they do like you don't have to get cute when you have the best running offense in football just go out and beat people in the face like beat punch people in the mouth beat the dude in front of you go out and do it like so I get your point and I'm not killing Sirianni they won 34 to 10 Yeah, you know it was a weird week for him he was off the you know he was in a hotel all week he wasn't even on the sidelines came back at the last minute to coach the game like again not killing Sirianni but I'm not giving him a total pass like you are
1: so I I definitely agree with a lot of what you say. And I think – and even though I don't – this is not going to make sense. But even though I don't completely see the logic of just coming out and running it, I do think it might be the right move in terms of – to your point. Like they're, they have an identity. Just come and run it. Just run it the first three plays, right? Like like there there is something to be said for just coming out and saying we're bigger than you. We're better at this than you are at stopping it. We're just going to come out and do it, right? But – but I also think, like, then the defense knows you're doing that, right? Like, it's not a secret the Eagles are run first team. So I, when you look at the, – the issue with the passing game is that it puts them in tough spots to run the ball. Like, yesterday, first and 10 – uh, Jalen Hurts throws a perfect pass right to Dallas Gar. He just drops it, right? So now you're in second and 10. Then they get six yards. So you're on third and four. And, like, you could argue maybe you run the ball there. They are a very good running team. But, like, third and four, you would like to think the offense could get four yards on a passing play. The next drive, right? They get 11 yards on the first one, but then it's incomplete. Hurts has the, the sack fumble thing that they accept, that they are able to recover. And then it's third and 15. So I think what was similar – to both Giants games and how early on he didn't run it enough was because the passing game wasn't executing. They were putting themselves in situations that are tough to run the ball in. So yes, I think that they should, they should come out and just maybe just assert their dominance and be like, look, we don't care if you, if you know that we're going to do it, we're just going to do it. Right. But I do think what happens is when, when Jalen hurts plays poorly and there's drops and all those things, they just get put in situations where, like, you're not going to run the ball in third and 15 unless you're just giving up. Like, So that that plays a role, I think, also in why he goes away from the running game is that they're just put in spots that realistically are not running the ball in.
0: Yeah, I get your point. And I think they're fair counters. And, and look, we need more evidence and all that type of stuff. It's just concerning, and especially against the Giants. There's flashbacks and all that type of stuff. Ultimately, they win the game. Normally, now, if they're talking to Sirianni, we'd go to Hurts. But I'm switching it up today, Elliot. Uh-oh. Because obviously, you know, you watched that game yesterday, and certainly with the first half, the defense, the mm. reason they won the football game, got to give credit when it's due. I think, honestly, one, but let's give two people who are the most important people in the Eagles winning the game yesterday Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon. Thank you, oh, sirs. Okay. Thank you, sirs, for being yeah. so. Bad, Like, I I actually kind of I thought Jake Fromm might be a little frisky coming in. That Me dude is yeah. horrendous. Mike Lennon, horrendous. Uh, uh, look, the Eagles D showed up. They give him credit. The, the Giants offense with those quarterbacks was as bad as we've seen this season. Like, you know, to your point, you said about Garrett Gilbert, you know, talking about last week where he's better than the Ben DiNucci, Luke Fox. Garrett Gilbert also better than the Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon's as well. Like, it, that, it was that level of bad yesterday, but... Look, defense showed up. They did the job. I, more opportunities. I mean, Slay drops a wide open interception and that's when it was like starting to be like, oh no. Like when when that type of thing happens, when the guy's been like one of your three or four best players all season long, it's right in his hands, and he drops it. You know, starting to get nervous. But um, defense handled business. The D line was phenomenal yesterday. Josh Sweat doing things. Fletcher Cox doing things. Javon Hargrave doing things. Milton Williams doing things. Um, it was nice to see.
1: Yeah, so the Giants are really bad. Like that's just part. Of it. Like if the the Giants. I mean, it, we could have a we love to rip the Giants, right? Like there could be an entire pod just making fun of the Giants, and it would all be factual. Like they are a dumpster fire. Well, let, let's real quick.
0: Let's give ourselves a little credit because uh, ear muffs one two three fuck out of here yeah. was the perfect theme for the twenty twenty one New York Giants. Like what was their over under? Wasn't it like eight? And it was a half like or no, something? it was like seven and a half or something. But it was like right there with the Eagles, like right above it. And I think it lowered yeah. as it went closer and stuff. But it, they were they, the Eagles were last. We all remember that. Yeah.
1: So uh, the Giants are definitely bad. But again, like the Eagles' defense dominated them. The Eagles, I know they ended up with thirty-four points, but the Eagles don't win that game yesterday. Well, and if, also
0: seven of it was from the defense. I mean, the, yeah, the seven Singleton from, touchdown. The defense, but it was and obviously the pick that brought it back close. I mean, the defense really, really played a big role.
1: Yeah, they, well, they're the reason they won the game, yes, in my opinion. agree, like, agree. It, it, even as bad as the, the both offenses were, right? Like, the Eagles' defense kept them in it early by just completely dominating, like not even giving the Giants like any real chances to score. They create the turnover at the beginning of the second half that helps Eagles get in the end zone and really kind of get things rolling. And yeah, you're right. Like, Jake Fromm is awful. Like, Mike Glennon is terrible. Joe Judge is, is the worst head coach in the NFL right now, like point-blank period. And the fact that... They're bringing him back next year, according to Schefter. Oh, buddy, yeah, I had it to Christmas
0: get to. Ah, oh, Joe Judge yeah. and Daniel Jones. The Giants are committed to throwing another year of football away. Thank you. Thank Honestly, you so much. If I
1: was Daniel Jones, I would demand a trade, even if it means I'm a backup for another team. Like I like his career is never going to happen in New York. At least on a good team, he the guy could, in front of him could potentially get hurt and then he's like in there and he's playing for a winning franchise. Like if I'm Daniel Jones and I see that report, I'm like, yo, get me out of here, right? But so so the Giants are obviously uh, a complete mess. But like this is what Gannon's defense does. Like they dominate bad offenses. And I don't think that is just like something to be looked over. Like when, like there are a lot of defenses out there, like the Cardinals lost to the lions, right? Like, like teams do play these bad teams and, and get beat by them. Like there, there are good defenses that have bad days against bad offenses. The Eagles don't like they're up to 11th in the league right now in points allowed. Like they're getting close to around 20 points a game allowed. Like it's, it's impressive. And like that includes the the games where they got lit up, which means they're completely dominating these bad teams. So yeah, I mean, this is what Gannon's defense is. And it's kind of how we started the pod. We will find out against a good offense if he can be better than he was before. I don't think obviously they're going if they go against the Cowboys or the Buccaneers or the Rams, whoever. No, they're not going to hold them to 20 points more than likely. Like there's not like Washington gave up 56 points to the to Dallas on Monday night. So these are really good offenses they're going to go against. But I'm just interested to see how much of a more of a fight they put up because right now, like they are playing like one of the best defenses in the NFL. And statistically. Oh, well, they, I'm just, again, I know the op- the opponents matter, but I think they're number two in the NFC in points allowed since week eight. Like they are statistically playing like one of the best defenses in the league. And these, up- these other bad teams are playing other teams. It's not like bad teams just show up on the Eagles schedule and then don't play anybody else. Like there are other defenses that play these bad teams. So, statistically, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL since week eight.
0: All right, statistically, since week eight, the quarterbacks they have played, Jared I Goff, I, I'm Justin yes. Herbert, Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Garrett Gilbert, J- Jake Fromm, Mike Glennon. So, like, I get it. I get it. And and yesterday, the defense is the reason they won the game as much as Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon are the reason they won the game. But, I, look, I'm I'm all for admitting they beat up on bad teams, but it's really bad quarterbacks they're facing and I get it and they get credit for that like you said there are teams like Zach Wilson like was lighting up the Jags yesterday not really he just ran the ball right. but like you know I get it like there are teams that can't that, that do suck against bad quarterbacks and haven't had the consistency against bad quarterbacks that the Eagles have. But it's still hard for me to get super excited and talk about this great defense when you list that group of quarterbacks. You know, I mean, Herbert's the one they lost to in that group. So, like, you know, and, and weren't able to stop him when they needed to. And, again, without Herbert since week eight, it's Goff, Bridgewater, Simeon Jones, Zach Wilson, Garrett Gilbert, Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon. I mean, that's real bad, Elliot. Like, that's all yeah, bottom five, really bottom seven quarterbacks. So, like, you know, just to put that in perspective— Eagles defense showed up. I'm not going to kill him today. Whatever. I'm not going to, we don't have to yell at each other about Jonathan Gannon today, but I'm just not going to like go to like, they're one of the best defenses in football since week eight, like whatever it is statistically, like you need that context.
1: So I think where we kind of disagree, and where like the interesting debate to be had is like, what's a good What's a good defense in today's NFL? Like, I, I think if you do what the Eagles do, you're a good defense. And then I think there's like four or five defenses in the league that can go up against elite offenses and shut see, them down. See, I like,
0: see. I would go the other way. I would say if you do what the Eagles do, you're you're a, a, a average, you know, decent defense. Whereas if you can stop better quarterbacks, that's when you get to be good and great.
1: So. But see, but like that where where I don't really completely understand is like so the 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 lead offenses are elite for a reason. Like there's only how many defenses in the league would you say you would feel confident going against up against Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Dallas? Like maybe five or six. Yeah,. Like that. yeah. so so there but there has to be more than five or six good defenses. like there's that that means that eighty percent of the league has a trash defense, right? So I, I think that where the Eagles fall is like they're not one of those five or six elite defenses. But they are right there, like in the next no. group of like I, defenses where I, no you way. can go to the playoffs with them. You can win games with them.
0: I again, I don't. They have not beaten a good quarterback. How could you say that? At least other defenses have had good games against good quarterbacks. I mean,
1: I'd be interested to see if that's true. By the way, like I, I just we'd be curious to look and see how many defenses. I'm going to look this up today. Please, I'm going to. I'm going to have please, the time today.
0: Yes, please. Look I'm going to look up, up
1: and see how many defenses have shut down more than. So this one is
0: a tease. Our next pot I think it'll be on Wednesday later in the week. We'll do the. Parks picks and the uh, Eagles Washington preview pod and all that a big pod Later in the week Elliot will have that Information there and then maybe we'll battle we to some... Figure out
1: how to look at it where it helps me Bat- but I'll, I'll, <laughs> um, <laughs> All right um, I'm just kidding I will have an unbiased look
0: Yeah at it. and to your point again for today We're recapping this Giants game The quarterbacks played a role but Shout out to the defense they got the job done they made Plays when they needed to that late touchdown was Meaningless a, a really nice job in the defense got Turnovers did what they had to do you know shout out To the defense let's get to Hurts um. Actually, quickly before, her reminder, just download the Park Sportsbook app. I, you know, Just do I, it. Just do it. I mean, come on, guys. How many times do we need to say this? And, and don't I'm, bet on the Chargers. Yes, like do that. not bet on the Chargers. Tonight, though, I'd bet on Miami because mm. this is a fun one tonight in the sense that, look, it sucks. We all want Miami to lose for the draft pick status. But guess what, folks? Tonight, mm-hmm. we're all Miami fans. The playoffs take precedence over draft picks. Elliot, I said it. Did you hear that? Did you hear yeah. it? The wow, playoffs take you, precedence over draft picks. Let's go. So tonight's a big one. Miami going up against a quarterback that I think a lot of people haven't even heard of against New Orleans. So a big one tonight. They are minus three. I really like them in this game. I like the under as well. Elliott and I had a good day bet last week. We're going to have another good one coming up this week. The Parks Picks pod later in the week will go through every single game on the slate. And the Parks app is so much fun. It's intuitive. It's fun to use. It's easy. And of course, when you're betting on these games, it's so much much more fun to actually when you're watching these games anyway have some action on them and be invested and of course as we always say you can do the individual player stuff you can bet on the teams the parlays the props of course the same game parlays which are the best thing going in gambling and the park sports sportsbook app has you covered for all of it and here's the deal new customers if you sign up right now get your first bet risk free up to 500 dollars. 500 hundred risk-free bet just download the app or click parkscasino.com slash pa and use our promo code GoBirds. that's g-o-b-i-r-d-s to get your first bet risk free up to 500 dollars. your risk-free bet is refunded to site like credit the website it has all the details you must be 21 and present in pennsylvania gambling problem go 1-800-GAMBLER all right elliot hurts your thoughts Uh, Just quickly off the top, and we'll go back and forth, but I think something that was very clear watching the game the few times, and obviously he was not running as much, and the few times he did take off, the the ankle is, is a thing. It is still a thing. He is not 100%. I mean, he did not have that same type of burst or you know uh speed burst that you normally well, see from quick, him when he quick takes thing. off he's run the ball 10 total times the last two games yeah. he ran it 10 or more times five you could i mean it, it is clear and 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 also some of those runs where the goal line pushes against washington you you know what i yeah. mean too so like he just isn't looking to run in the same way and and the few times he did he just didn't take off the same way so that that is a concern what do you think taking that into account and overall of the the hertz performance yesterday
1: yeah, so I'm an intellectual mess when it comes to Jalen Hurts right now. Like, I think I, I, I don't, think Philadelphia I
0: is Elliot. I don't think there is a single, single Eagles fan, a single person talking about the Eagles or whatever who has been consistently right about Jalen Hurts. Right. He is the most flip floppable player we've ever had here. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, it's because like I watched the first half and my eyes are telling me this guy's not playing well. Right. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's, that's what my eyes are that, telling. That's me. the
0: expert opinion from Elliot yeah. Jared yeah. Parks.
1: Hey, are, this guy's not playing good. Lose to the Giants because Jalen Hurts is playing poorly. Like that's what my eyes were telling. Well, me.
0: again, to your point, like you know, Twitter. You will always text me, and you'll, you'll. You, I love the all your texts that I'll get when Hurts is struggling to and be like, I wouldn't do it, but do you think they're thinking about Minshew? Right, always, right? And then, but the funny thing is, is that's you and also all of Twitter. Everyone being like Minshew, right. Minshew, Minshew. So it is like a thing. I'm with you, but but then. The game's over, or not even over. Like, it's the start of the fourth quarter. It's like, they're uh, up,
1: They're up 31 points, and he has a pass rating over yeah. 100. So it's and he like, looks
0: good doing it and making plays and running the offense expertly and stuff. I'm with right. you.
1: Right, so it's just, like, you know, he there's the play where uh, this is kind of a perfect example, of like, how hard it is to judge Hurts right now. And how he's such a climbing and uphill battle. There's the p- the play where it looks like Dallas Goddard is wide open in the end zone. Right? Oh, and every- yes, yes. And, right? and Getting killed. Killed on Twitter. Killed. killed he's yeah. killing him and being like, look, he's wide open. How can you not see that? And he throws senior, the crosser. For the those who
0: don't remember, he throws the – or didn't see it on Twitter. It's the uh, third and goal, and he throws the crossing route to Quez short of the goal line. Ends up getting yep. stopped. They kick a field goal. On that play, if you didn't see it on Twitter, there was a a lot of shots of Goddard just kind of standing in the corner of the end zone
1: being like, throw me the ball. Right, and so everyone on Twitter, and me, I'm not just blaming Twitter people, like everyone's reaction is, how does he miss that guy? Like, oh, this is where he needs to improve. He doesn't see the field. And then after the game, Sirianni and Hertz are like, you know, yeah. I mean, there was it was never going to go to Goddard. Like, and it makes sense. Like during the play and pre-snap, he read that it was going to be the crossing route. He's coached to do that. And like Sirianni said, Hertz can't just sit back there and count on the coverage being blown to Goddard, which is what happened. So, like, w- I think everybody is just too mentally messed up right now to even have an opinion on Hertz. Like every like you you go into looking at Hertz and watching him play, either thinking like he's the guy, and then you see that they won by twenty four points and he had a pass rating over a hundred. Or you don't think he's the guy, and you go, he was terrible for the first half. They were playing the Giants. Like, if he plays this way against other teams, they're going to lose. Like, and all of it's true. Like, all of it's true. Uh, You know, in the pregame show, Glenn asked me, "Is Hurts going to be the guy next year?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." And then one quarter into the game yesterday, I'm like, "Put Minshew in. Who cares if it's Hurts this time with the Eagles, right?" So, you know, I want to have a strong take. I want to have a strong opinion. But he's a player right now that's just extremely up and down. But the good news is, even on a game where. We would probably agree he played poorly. He had a pass rating over 100, and they won by 24 points. So I think Hurts is showing he has a high floor. It's just a matter of how high his ceiling can be, I guess.
0: Yeah, and again, like we have to remember this. I know it gets annoying to keep saying it and stuff, but he's 23 years old. He doesn't yeah, turn Wentz was 24 20 when they draft. When, when yes, Carson went again. Jalen Hurts will finish this season. He does not turn 24 till August. He will not play a game until next season with the Philadelphia Eagles assuming you know all worked out like we think it will. He will not play a game next season with the Philadelphia Eagles. At the same age that Carson Wentz started with the Eagles at. Like that stuff matters. And, and especially for Hurts, the stuff we've heard about and the way he talks about, you are not really getting coached until Lincoln Riley and the, the growth we've seen, like just the the uh, over this season, the ups and downs from, from the start of last season till now, and him stepping in last year. And we all talk about the intangibles. And to that point, the Goddard throw, I thought he really explained that well. I thought that answer and that yeah. was going around Twitter, like the way he explained that was really. Thoughtful and interesting, and 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 made and me smart. reconsider and smart exactly. It made me reconsider the play. It's one of those things where, and we always talk about it. We always do, but like if if he were the first, and he wasn't, and I get it. But if he were the first or second pick in the draft, and the, and last year were year one, and he didn't get in until the end of the season. And this were year two we would all be really excited about where he's at. We would. Like, we'd be a lot more excited than Jags fans are about where Trevor Lawrence is at. We'd be a lot more excited than where Zach Wilson's at, than all these guys. Like, there's more to be excited about. I know he had last year, and he's not a rookie and all that, even if he's only played a few more games than those guys. But, like... I I get it. I get it because there are limitations and we see it. We understand it. Like you could see certain things and be like, ah, I wish you could just sit in the pocket and dissect that got her play. a perfect example of where like, yeah, the play was never going to go there, but we always want the quarterback. Who's, who's the guy who's going to see the field and see that happen and know and not just go with the first read and all that. And that's what he's being coached doing. It's not his fault. And he's still young. And that's the point. He can develop these things. We just have such a, a, a quick, you know, trigger society right now with these types of things with judging players with judging stuff where it's the 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 real answer is it's not written yet it is he's 23 and he's showing improvement and that's why next year he should be the starting quarterback of the philadelphia eagles because look i don't know what his ceiling is i don't know if he'll ever be what we want him to be but i certainly don't know that he won't be you know what I mean? Like, I well, cert- at this point where he's at in his yeah, career and what he's shown, like, I can't say for sure that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be great. Like, I don't, again, we've talked about it. Everyone knows where we stand, like, and it's the most flip-floppable thing of all time. Like, if I had to bet my life, would I bet he's a top-five guy in the NFL someday? No, probably I wouldn't. But, like, I can't say for sure that he can't improve more and get better because the physical attributes are there and the the off-the-field, above-the-shoulder stuff is there. Like, he's 23 years old, so, like, it's really hard to judge this guy right now. And I think you can't is kind of the point. Well, like
1: he is his first year as a starter is better than Carson Wentz's first year at the starter. And, and a reason I compare them is because Carson was the last franchise guy. And at the end of Carson's rookie year, when they won seven games and he threw, I think 16 touchdowns or, you know, whatever he had, 16 touchdowns, like 14 interceptions, something like that. Uh, and I was like, covering the team and going like, okay, yeah, they have their guy. Like he's the franchise guy. Right. And now Jalen is go. They're going to win more games, even though they're pr- they weren't projected to be that good. They're probably maybe going to be in the playoffs. The Eagles didn't make the playoffs. Carson's rookie year, right? He's going to have om- over thirty total touchdowns, including rushing touchdowns. Like, there's all these things that he's doing better than Carson did his rookie year. But there's no way I would say that the majority of the fan base is going to end the season going, okay, yeah, they they, they nope. the Eagles have their guy. No the way- chance, unless
0: run. he goes on a run in the playoffs or something. That's right. the only way. Yep.
1: So it's just, to your point, it's just so funny. And there was a tweet this week from Rob Rob Motti, and he was quoting like an NFL source saying, man, if the Eagles don't want Jalen Hurts, we'll we'll take him, right? And Joe Banner quote tweets it and kind of like, you know, earmuffs, one, two, three, shits all over it. And is like, (laughs) yeah, there's no way this is true. But like, if someone tweeted that after Carson's rookie year, I bet like 20 teams in the league would have taken Carson after his rookie year, right? Whereas with Jalen, you know, there's skepticism that even another team would want him. And so it's just... It's just so weird because statistically, the way he carries himself, like the guy is a franchise quarterback. Like the way he carries himself is the definition of franchise swag. And the numbers are there and all that stuff. But then there's just still a part of me that is like, oh, yeah, he's definitely not the guy. So it's just – it's so weird. And yesterday was perfect because he was bad in the first half, and then he ends the game with two touchdowns, no interceptions, a pass rating over 100, and like they win by 24 points. And if I'm a big quarterback wins guy, if I'm going to be quarterback wins – and they win by that much. I don't know how I give him a C minus after the game, but that's what I gave him. So it's just I'm an intellectual mess when it comes to this.
0: Yeah, game. no, it really is. He's one of the most confounding, you know, players in a season that I remember in terms of the ability to judge who he is, what he is, and what he's going to be. And that's why I think next year he should be the Eagles' quarterback. Like I feel there are what two games left. I think no matter what happens in the last two games, and you never know how an off season plays out. Things happen, whatever. But for me, if I'm in charge of the Philadelphia Eagles this off season. I'm working on the rest of the team and I'm saying Jalen's my guy for next year. And I'm still planning that, you know, like maybe trading a first for, for a next year first wherever whatever. Still planning to be in shape if I do decide after next season that Hurts right. is not the the ceiling or whatever that I, that I want him to be. Then I'm still in a position to do something. But for me, Jalen Hurts has won the 2022 job. I can't say past that. But for me, if I'm in charge of the Philadelphia Eagles, and again, provided something crazy doesn't happen and and some all-time great quarterback lands on your doorstep. Well, say Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, who knows, Would you trade for Aaron Rodgers? I, I, I personally know. I wouldn't. I that's what I but, feel. But too. I, I understand it. If they trade for Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to be like. Oh, I'll be like, all right, let's go win a Super Bowl three years in a row. Or whatever you know, I'll I'll, I'll be okay. Right. I'll get there. Also, I kind of just like don't like Aaron Rodgers, which is not. Yeah, I love Jalen Hurts. Like he's easy to root for. But I, personally, like. I think Jalen Hurts should be the quarterback next year. And again, I'm not, I, I people are, oh, how could you not want Rodgers? I do want Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of cost, in terms of value, in terms of future, like, I think Jalen Hurts another year makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, the other interesting part to this is if Jalen Hurts takes Eagles to the playoffs, which if they go, like, that's what he'll be doing. He's the quarterback. Yep. That's how we no see things, right? No question. It, but what it kind of does is it sets up, if you're like Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, of saying, oh, well, the Eagles were a playoff yeah, team. They have that's a great true. App. That's true. So he's kind of like playing himself into losing his job in a way. Whereas if they just went, you know, like six and eleven or whatever would have been, then they're probably not high enough to get a quarterback, and no, te- no quarterback wants to come here. So, again, like we're talking about replacing him. In a game in which he had a pass rating over 100 and they won by 24 points mm-hmm. and they captured a Well, I'm not.
0: Spot. I'm well, not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm not either, but I my know, point is. I know, that I'm joking. It's I'm always joking. there, yeah. All right. Uh, some other things I want to get to, and I have, I have one kind of big topic I want to get to, at the other big ish, and we'll talk more about it later in the week, but but a couple quick hitters. Uh, d- am I wrong to say Devontae Smith has made more great sideline catches than like all Eagles receivers combined in the last five years? I mean, a- how many years have we talked yeah. about, like Nelson Aguilar, and no offense, earmuffs just for Elliott here, Jordan Mack. Matthews and all these guys who can't seem to catch a ball and get their feet in bounds at the same freaking time. Like Devonte Smith is like a savant with this stuff. His He's amazing body at. control, and we know about the route running. Also, but his body control, his ability to, to to shape his body in a way where he can get his hands on a ball, make an amazing catch, and still control his body and get his feet in bounds and make these. You know, he had two of them yesterday, obviously, including that touchdown, which was just the weirdest. You know, re- reviewed, unreviewed, the whole weird crap with that. It was clearly a touchdown. Um, just. I mean, you know, I know that, that there have been times where he's been, you know, had slower games and all that type of stuff, but I don't, and I know the whole Micah Parsons of it all and all that, but like just alone looking at Devontae Smith, I don't know how anyone's not super duper excited that he's an Eagle for a long time.
1: Yeah. I do wonder if the fact he is light makes it easier for him to make those sideline catches. Ah, it's not interesting
0: thought. Weight. Yeah. It's like an interesting t- out Carrying out his body. Yeah. It's a really interesting thought. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a lead at it. Like the touchdown catch he made yesterday was, was insane. Now good throw by Hertz too. Right. Totally. Which goes back yeah. into the whole, you know, we never give Hertz type of credit type of credit thing. But like, yeah, I mean, it was a great catch by him. I mean, that as impressive as that catch was the catch he had down the field. Yeah. Goes the first one. Yeah. Like, when's the last time we saw an Eagles receiver? Oh, that's true,
0: too. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, and um, to be fair, Quez does, too. Like, credit to Quez. Quez is always kind of, like, deep threat guy, but he's got, like, four or five, like, go up and snatch the ball contested catches this year. But I agree. Devontae's was impressive.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like, again, the Micah Parsons of it all, we could debate that, but just in terms of hitting a draft pick, they had to hit on. Like, even if it wasn't a receiver, they they had the number six overall pick, and they turned it into... And they, I mean, Howie, I should say, turned it into Devontae Smith in a future first. But even forget the first round pick. They got an impact player. And that's what they had to do with that spot. So, 100%. Like, yeah, it's he. It's a slam dunk, a great pick.
0: All right. A um, uh, couple more things and then we'll get to the last topic I wanted to get to. Um, Lane Johnson, TD, we mentioned it. But just one more time, like. That was awesome, man. And for Lane, the year he's had, you know, with the whole mental health issues, missing the games, coming back. And, I like, it hasn't been talked about a ton. It was talked about a bit with the Pro Bowl snubs and stuff. But, I mean, the version of Lane Johnson we've gotten since he returned from the mental health break is among the best Lane Johnsons we've ever seen. I mean, he has been elite the entire time since coming back. Um, really nice for the year he's had, the career he's had in Philly to to get that moment yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were times during the lane thing where I was like, we wondered if he was retiring. Like, in terms of, I was thinking he was going. Yeah. I was like, I was like, they're gonna have to build. Without I did too. Lane. We were talking too. about Dillard being the left tackle. Yep. Remember and yep. So, um, but I also think like quick Sirianni thing like. This is, like, a good head coaching moment for Sirianni. Like, Lane's had a tough year. Like, Lane's talked about not enjoying football, you know, and all that. And Sirianni designs and calls a play that gets him a touchdown. Like, that's a small thing in the, you know, the cool parts of the touchdown, like, and all that stuff. But that's something where I think, like, Lane, you know, wakes up and is like, man, like, Nick did that for me, you know? And I think that matters in terms of winning over a key member of the locker room. Like, the offensive line is the biggest part of that locker room. They dictate how people feel, all those things. And Lane's a big part of that. So, like – I think that matters in terms of Sirianni like winning over the locker room.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent with you. Um, all right, couple quick other hitters. Oh, the Miles My- Sanders injury. Uh, Miles saying it looks like a fractured hand. That's a, a real concern. Obviously, Miles has looked so good the last few games since coming back. Have you heard anything past uh, you know what was out there?
1: No, and I don't think the Eagles are going to know until today. Yeah. So you know we'll be talking about it on the Wednesday podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about I that.
0: And finger yeah probably Wednesday. So finger fingers crossed on that one a couple more quick hitters eagles point differential is plus 80 elliot i I just want to shout that out i know they've had a lot of blowouts of bad teams and all that but that's still very impressive only
1: one team in the nfl has more wins since
0: week eight yeah there you go there you go um a funny note from yesterday the giants eliminated from the playoffs that's always Mm. funny also funny to think that second straight season at the hands of the eagles Lull. Yeah, that is. Give funny. a little lull on that one. Uh, a couple more quick hitters. Jonathan Vilma, horrible, horrible, horrible at his job. I know you were at the game, so you didn't hear it, but the all my people out there listening to the broadcast, you know what I'm talking about. Like, could Jonathan Vilma please never call an Eagles game again? Disaster. He even brought up Santa's uh snowballs at Santa in like a serious way, like actually mentioned it. Like, you might not know this. Like just a a pure disaster on the on the air yesterday. So yeah. just to throw that out there. Like so bad, Elliot.
1: I actually think it'd be funny if broadcast teams just ended up bringing in a random player each week. Like, forget the guy being good. Just bring somebody in and see how he does. Just, like, a name we know. But, yeah, I was at the game, so I guess that's easy for me to say because I don't have to listen to it. All
0: right, two other quick hitters for me. Nick Foles just wins. Just saying. That's all he does. Just wins. Uh, Washington players fighting on the sideline last night. Just awesome to see. Just love all that. Did they get all
1: that. too bad? Like, is there, like, a...
0: A rebound thing? I don't yeah. know. I, if if it weren't for the fighting on the sidelines, it really feels like they're losing out. Um. But it, it, little concern. I would rather it was a little closer. Um, yeah. All right, and then last thing I have before we get to my last topic, I wanted to give you credit for something mm. non Eagles related. Um, you were the the guy for this guy last year, and it, we're gonna get to here in a sec because that has to do with my my final topic. But T Higgins is awesome, Elliot. Yeah, you yes. were you were all shouting from the rooftops for T Higgins last year. Props, buddy. You were you were absolutely correct. I watched that on my other screen yesterday like and and t higgins is is a man out there and he would look so good and he goes green so really really well, I good think call, i think i had you. him
1: number two overall on my receiver you were more. like you i were was dead very on, buddy. on guy yeah and yeah i mean the dude dominated the top level of college football so i'm not gonna he's not like i found some division three guy that's killed it but yeah i mean as much again as much as jefferson talked there is like they passed on t higgins too yeah so yep. it was bad mess
0: yep all right uh what did you want to you had one other thing and then i'll get to the last topic which we'll go into more on wednesday
1: yeah, I, well, this was more for when we were talking earlier, but, like, you were right about this team needing time to win. Like, I, I think that what, what we saw with this team was early on, I yes, they could have ran the ball more and all that stuff, but, like, they they just weren't ready. Like, the, the rookie head coach, essentially rookie quarterback, new team, all that stuff, like, they were not ready to win early on. And when I look at, like, it's getting ready to be the end of the year, so we'll talk about, like, what we got right, what we got wrong – and one thing I definitely got wrong and you were right about, and I think together we actually gave a pretty correct analysis <laughs> yeah, of what this season would be. <laughs> yeah, funny. You know? Yes. <laughs> you said there'd be growing pans early on. I didn't think they would. And then you didn't think they, you know, you we had them this at good. Les Manson.
0: Yeah, no question. I, yeah. So you were
1: right about that, for uh, sure. Because they're a good
0: team now. They were not the team I thought And look, when they win nine or ten games this year, like, you were right about that. But like, then you, you
1: were right, too. So really, who wins this. the Go-Birds? Oh, all what
0: stars. a beautiful thing. All right, last thing. And I want to talk more about this on Wednesday because it is not a, you know, last two minutes of the pod type of topic, but we have to mention it. It's getting really weird right now with the fans and the Eagles and the whole booing yes. thing and all that. Like, uh, obviously, Rager was booed consistently yesterday until he had that that nice return. Um, and you know, prior to the week, we didn't really talk about on the pods because it was kind of happening as the week went on and and didn't really get to it. But, but, you know, Eagles players kind of, you know, chirping back being like, don't boo us. We're trying miles Sanders, all this type of stuff. Um, and then Eagles fans come out and boo the, boo the crap out of them. Well deserved for that first half of football. Um. Just and again, I want to get more into this on Wednesday. My yeah, like elevator take. Yeah, but what is your what is your quick thought at the game here in the booze, knowing the the fan base as well as you do? Um, what is your take on this this kind of weird spot right now?
1: There, there is not a single topic in Philadelphia sports that gets me worked up less than the booing conversation. <laughs> like, like I, I think fans should be allowed to boo, but I also understand that it sucks for the players. Like, I get that the fans play, pay money to go, but I also think there's an argument of like support the team so that, like, let's be real, I get you want to boo, but like, it also helps the players if you don't boo them. I think the players should absolutely never talk about it. I don't think there's any benefit for them doing it. But then I also think if I was a player, if I was the dad of a player or anything, I would feel that way too. And so I understand why they say it. And so I wish both sides would just stop talking about it. It is what it is. It's never going to change. There's always going to be boos. Players are always going to feel some type of way about it. And it's a shame that during what this playoff run is, there's like this little back and forth. And I wish both sides would just drop it and never talk about it again.
0: Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, more, than, I, I, more than anything, like I do think if I had to choose a side, like man up your football players, you make lots of money to play a game in a sport. And these people are paying money. Like suck it up. Don't say anything. You could let it bother you. I'm not telling you how to feel. Stop saying stuff like shut up, shut up. Keep it to yourself. I get it. I get it. But it's, well, it's, I, I think it's Rich, their right. So okay. made
1: this point, And I think it's one of the best points I've ever heard about this. It's like, like, if ultimately the goal is for the team to feel good and win, then what does booing do for that? Sure. Like, and he played, right? Like he played. Who who are we to sit here? And I guess as fans and all that. But like, who are we to sit here and say how players should feel when he's literally been a player and he's like, "Yo, guys, it's not really that fun when you boo." Like, yeah.
0: No. Look, and again, it's a very complex issue, and I want to talk more about it on Wednesday because the relationship with the fans is is interesting right now, especially. And who for knows what be tweeted by that? Hopefully, riding into the playoffs here. Um, all right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. Oh, well, I guess I should
1: say, as people know, we are neighbors now. Yeah. And the only thing better than getting a great parking spot is texting you and saying, uh, look at this parking love spot. Love it. Love it. Well, I've yeah. gotten
0: multiple texts from Elliot lately, and it's, it's, it's I'm a, on fire. It's, with the it's a joy. Spot. Elliot's been on fire. He's he's parallel parking skills are are getting a high level.
1: I'll tell you this much. There's not a single person on this listing this pod that parallel park's better than me,
0: except it's, for the person you're talking to, buddy. You build a little smaller car. I I, but I'm also, I also I mean think about that. I've been living in the city for for 15 years or whatever. Like I'm yeah. I'm like Mr. Parallel Park guy. Yeah, but, I think we're going to have to have a competition. Oh my god, I'm this a, is this is okay. We just we here. just found an off-season absurd idea that is definitely happening. The yes. Go Birds Parallel Parking Competition. Cannot wait for that. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Uh, preview, parks picks, all that stuff as we head into it. Look, a big game, two games left. The Eagles playoff team as of today, as crazy as mm. that sounds. Elliot Sure Parks, we are gonna end 2021 with the Eagles right there. In the, I mean, I guess if the Saints win tonight, so even if the Saints they, win tonight, the, Saints the Eagles win, would the Eagles still be in. Be in. The 60s, yeah. Wow. Finally. Wow. So we are so no matter what, 2021 will end with the Eagles in pole position for the playoffs. Yeah. Wild stuff, man. Who'd have ever thunk it? All right, uh, we'll be back later in the week. Uh, What a win. We won, you know? We won. Go, Birds. Mm -hmm. And they are sitting uh, on track for the playoffs. This could be a a fun January. Um, So, can't wait. We'll be back on Wednesday. He's Elliot James. Talk to you guys soon.